Welcome, daters, to the, the Yentas. Yentas. We are three matchmakers. Eliza Ben Shalom. Michal Neistetter. And Danielle Selber. Yenta can carry a negative, gossipy connotation. We are not that. We are love professionals and proud to be Yentas. This is a part of our tradition, our history. We support your search for your person. The three of us met over coffee many years ago and have collaborated and supported each other and our clients ever since. This is your invite to our chat at the virtual coffee shop. Who should you date? Who should you marry? These are the biggest decisions a person can make. You don't have to do it alone. You've got us. Ready? Come on in. Take a seat. Welcome to the Yentas. Welcome to the Yentas. <laughs> so today we are combining our word with just, you know, Aliza wants to say something to the world, specifically the people in Philadelphia. The word is teshuva, which means, Danielle? Oh, teshuva is uh, repentance, right? It's, uh, it's asking for forgiveness. It's saying sorry. Okay. So here it goes. <laughs> if everybody asks me, is there anything that you regret about the show? There is one thing. In the beginning, they say, where are you from, right? I'm sitting there with Ori and his mom, and I'm like, oh, I live in Pardeshana, Israel. We just moved there. I'm so excited. Oh, I just moved there, right? We're all like, yay. And I'm like, yeah, oh, you know, like, and, uh, and I'm from Philadelphia. Not so exciting. Dun, dun, okay? dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay. What I, first of all, what I meant in my brain was different than what came out of my mouth, right? What I meant in my brain was like, not so uh, exotic, not exciting, right? I just moved to Israel, the home of the Jewish people with sunshine, <laughs> blue skies, and palm trees. It's exotic, right? Never lived anywhere else like that in my life. It is incredible. It is powerful. It's like, whoa, like la, like the most exciting thing in the world. And compared to having come from Philadelphia, I have to tell you, even if I came from, it wouldn't matter what city I would have said, other than Israel, any other place I would have lived, I would have been like, eh, not so exciting compared to Israel, my lifelong dream. Yeah. But the way that it came off and the word exciting, it, it sounds like it has a negative connotation. And really what I meant was in comparison to Israel, like not so exotic, but also I've always dreamed of being in Israel, in the homeland of the Jewish people. And I, you know, you get used to where you're from, right? Philly, born and raised. But I do have to say, on if we're going to talk about truth, right? So Philadelphia, I wouldn't call Philadelphia an exciting city. I would call it a historic city. I would call it the city of brotherly love. I would call it the city that roots for the underdog and like, man, we are passionate people. You know, <laughs> I, there's a lot of things I would say about Philly, but to be like, no, it's so exciting. I don't, I mean, I don't think of Philadelphia like that, but I definitely did not mean to speak Lashon Hara or to say any gossip or, or anything like that. So please, Philadelphia and every Everybody else in the world who's also going to work on watching your words, please hear this so that A, you understand my thinking, and at the same time, B, you understand I am really sorry. I I was born and raised in Philly. I only have positive, happy, healthy memories of being in Philadelphia and growing up with my family here. 
And I think I'm a great human because of it. So, uh, and I'm actually glad it wasn't a super exciting city. Like, I don't, again, I'm saying it again. (laughs) But like, if it was too. Is this really to show If it wasn't so exotic, if it was such an exotic city, I might not be such a grounded, balanced, amazing, I mean, good human. (laughs) Incredible. But exotic is what's different for you. Exotic. So for someone else, Philly is really, really Right. Philly is exotic compared to somebody who came from South America or South Africa. It's so true. It's perspective. (sighs) Philly is is a home. Philly is a place where people live. You know what? I love that. Philly is home. And that's what I could have said. Like, yeah, I'm from Philly. You know, that was my home. Um, Yeah, that was my home. Now I'm in Israel. Now that's my home. Now I'm living this like outsized giant dream in the Holy Land. And Philly's my home. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry, (laughs) Philly. I really, I love you. And I only have positive memories. And every time I come back, I just feel like comfortable. I feel like this is is where I was born and raised. It's what I know. Hmm. It's like my norm. Philly's my norm. For sure. Yeah. I was just thinking because the because the topic is Teshua, like how many times do people go on a date and know they're not being recorded or whatever, but they're like, oh, I definitely shouldn't have said that or yep. that came out wrong. Yeah. And that's going to be so hard because you don't really get a second chance. You know? Unless in the moment you have a little chutzpah and you call <laughs> it out and you say to somebody, you know, like, you know, stop, rewind, repeat. Let me just try that again. So, you know, second take. Mm, that's a good tactic. And I think it's important to think about, you know, Judaism has a mechanism of teshuva for a reason. There's a reason, like, we talk about this a lot, and there's, like, all this literature about how to do it. And it's about saying sorry to people and to God and to yourself, right? So we have this mechanism because we all screw up all the time and use our words in Thank ways that we are not planning to. my mistake. Of course. Mm. I, re- I did. I So I... Whatever you, I wish I wish that you know you can with modern day technology like go back and like my mouth can say one thing and they can just edit the audio to say something else. We could do that, but it wouldn't be authentic. So there, you saw my real, authentic, raw self, and uh, you know, uh, we're we're still happy to see it. And as a life only to Shua for the show, that's really <laughs> the only, the only one. You know, that's uh, not so bad if that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I would think about everything else that happened. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else, anything else that I said to anyone or about anyone. Like I was really proud of the way that when they asked questions, I only answered questions about the the people in the same way they represented themselves. Like there wasn't Lashon Hara. There was nothing behind the scenes. There was nothing that I wouldn't have said to them directly. You mm-hmm. know, we, we it was... I think, I believe that I spoke very kindly about Mm. people and where people needed to grow or even where, you know, I would call myself out where I would need to grow. We talked about that, but I did that in front of them and with them and, you know, with my one one off in the, the pink top, that part. So I don't think that I spoke differently there than I would have spoken in front of them. And I think that that's really important. And they, everybody knew, right, that you were gonna have that dialogue, but that dialogue didn't share more information than was already shared. Whatever was shared was already public. It's mm-hmm. a good barometer. Right. It's hard. It is really hard to, I mean, imagine having a mic and a camera on you. And I initially, you know, like in movies where they're like, okay, action, rolling, right? That did not happen. So uh, I didn't know this till after, but what literally happened was cameras got set up, they were rolling. Mm. So you sit down <laughs> one time. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was actually with Stuart and we were, you know, filming there and, and sitting at his kind of like kitchen bar stools. And I went to get up and I like whoop, slipped right oh, down. No. I'm cracking up and I'm like, please don't use that. I know you're <laughs> filming now. Please don't use that. Oh, God. <laughs> Which they didn't. But it just, you know, it's like any moment could be captured and mm. anything could be used. You could be talking to somebody on the side and that could be used. You, it's a hot it, mic. It's a hot mic, and, and we have to live our lives like that. Talking about chuva, I think the way to do less chuva and not to have to say I'm sorry for so many things is if we live with a consciousness of I am always being recorded. I am always on. There is no off moment. There's no like, oh, I just want to, this is just between you and me, mm. right? And then I can say the nasty things I want to say. No, no, there is no place in this world for that. That doesn't exist. It's not appropriate, and it shouldn't be here. And woo. You know, even even the littlest of things can really trip us up. So I'm sorry, Philadelphia. I love you. You are my home and you are my my first first love. It's the only thing my I ever knew. Love. It's the yes. only thing I ever knew growing up was Philly. Wow. You know who we have here with us today is Hello. a is a we'll call her a returner to Philadelphia. Not even a returner. A you adopted Philadelphia as your as your home I'm on the purpose. Opposite, actually, you are. I lived in New York City, which is a very exciting place <laughs> that people dream about live, living all the time. But I grew I up know. on Long Island, and I just wanted to move to Philadelphia. Yes, you did. <laughs> My dream. <laughs> so exciting, and I'm well, here now. And welcome, delighted. Rory. Thank you. Welcome Hi. in the studio. Well, I remember our first conversation, Rory, on the phone. You were you were actually yeah. actively shocked for a new city. She wanted a city, tell me if I'm remembering right, she wanted a city in which there was an active Jewish life and a place where she could meet Jewish men to date. And so, and you were like, I think you were looking at Boston and a few other places at the same time. And I was like, let me tell you why you should come to Philly. <laughs> I had lived in Philly and I had lived in Long Island. Sorry, I lived in Boston. I lived in Long Island, but I knew I wanted to move to Philly and I was scoping it out. It was like yeah. my first like actual step. Yeah. And I actually had been talking to a different dating coach before I met all of you, all wonderful people. And she was like, well, what's in your way? And to the point of an earlier episode of this podcast, I said, well, I just, I know I don't want to live. I was living on Long Island at the time. And I said, I, I know I don't want to be in Long Island. And she said, well, where do you want to be? I said, I want to be in Philly. And she said, well, isn't that your next step in your dating life to move to where you actually yeah. want to be? Good advice. And that was when I reached out to Center City Kahila and they connected me with you. And that was the conversation we had. I remember where I was walking in the forest. Yes. Yeah. So did Danielle hook you in by her usual move, making a match? Uh, what I made I made a, a match like a, a Shabbat match if you remember yes I do you wanted someone to spend well. Shabbat and yeah we hooked you up wait a minute what about Tribe 12 wasn't that also a, a business collab match and you're like oh but I'm moving there I'm gonna be there yeah that's all had to happen so I talked to Danielle and then Danielle said and I wanted to come for a Shabbat dinner and it was Purim weekend and yes. she said go to David Kiev's Shabbat dinner <laughs> yeah. David Kiev is an amazing human wait, and it, the one that moved to Israel yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love David Kiev. And he had this amazing Shabbat. He was just the kind of person, talking about the earlier episode of Shabbat dinner and welcoming people, he's yes. the kind of person that just invites everybody and out of music and food and just like games and just really, really warm, welcoming. Wonderful human. Wonderful human. And 
it happened to be a Shabbat that he was hosting for the fellows of the Tribe 12 Fellowship. Uh-huh. And I met Adam Vodka. Is that how you say his name? Wadka. Wadka. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Adam, who was the running the fellowship at the time. So they all told me about the fellowship. And then I was like, great, I want to do this thing. I'm moving to Philadelphia in like a year and a half because I live my life in the <laughs> academic calendar. It was like March because it was Purim. And I knew that yes. I was living with my little cousin. I knew I had promised to like put him on the bus for another year and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just commitments as like working in the teaching world and so I was like I'm gonna move in a year and a half you know and so then I or was it or maybe it was the next year anyway so I I said I want to move to Philadelphia I'm going to move to Philadelphia yes. and I, I really wanted Tribe 12 to hmm. be the sort of like community that I landed with and Daniel had said on that phone call like hmm. yes we have this great Jewish community and and what yeah, was your experience you. connecting with a matchmaker? What was it like? Well, it took a while to actually get to the matchmaking part. Do you That's want to tell that amazing. part of the story? Yeah. yeah, so I mean, like, quick shout out to Tribe 12 for existing, because the, the idea of this nonprofit in Philadelphia is that it has all these mechanisms and connection points for people in the Jewish community, right? So matchmaking is one of the things that Tribe 12 offers. And another one is this fellowship for entrepreneurs in the Jewish community, which actually all four people in this room have been Tribe 12 fellows. Woo-hoo! 2011, wow. 2013 for Eliza, 2020 for me. Michal in 2018 Mm -hmm. for Rory. Yeah. So um, that's its own community. And then years later already, Rory Michelle came to me and said, I'm ready for my intake conversation. I'm ready to have our one hour coffee date in which you can get to know me for the purposes of matchmaking, not just for friendship, not for business, but for matchmaking. And uh, that was a that was an amazing match. A quick turnaround. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this was the first match she ever made. No, there was a few matches that she suggested to me. The first one I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> great. Um, it was just clear. It was a t- like much younger than I wanted. Um, Always great feedback. Yeah. Um, and um, the next one um, I also passed on. And then you sent me Dylan. <laughs> yeah. She uh, sent me somebody who was like, oh, he's an improv. And I was an improv at the time. And I was like, this person seems cool. And, and he is a very cool person. Yes, and yeah. you were in a relationship for a long time. You were in a relationship for two and a half years. And what was amazing about that relationship, I had he, you were his first match. I had yeah. just met him, like literally the the week that I set him up with you, and it was right before the pandemic. Like yeah. we're talking like maybe February twenty twenty. It was Jan, yeah, January yeah. It was really, it was really soon, and you guys hit it off. And then I, as I recall, you had to decide pretty quickly, like, are we going to be in this relationship because there's a global pandemic happening now? <laughs> Actually, it was. To... Hey, there's a two week shutdown. You want to stay with me for two weeks? Yeah. Dylan said to me and I was like yeah sure I'll stay with you for two weeks that sounds great eight months you know later yes. um, I was still living with him um, there were a lot yeah. of pandemic relationships that started like that yeah I had a friend who was in New York she went to visit her boyfriend in California she thought she was going for three weeks she ended up there for more than three months mm-hmm. she finally sold everything in New York they decided they were getting married and she never moved out yeah it went one of two ways for people. Either people broke up and never saw each other Split's again, real. or it accelerated the relationship real fast. Yeah. Ma- oh, yeah. I bet there's some in- the relationship yes. real fast. I bet <laughs> there's some in between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have a... Um, actually, even before I say that, I think one of the interesting things about matchmaking is like, yeah, we make matches and sometimes people stay together and sometimes they don't, but that was still, you know, it could still be counted as a success. Absolutely, 100%. Because you grow from every relationship that you're in and you learn about yourself and you learn, oh, these are things I knew that I liked and that are really important to me and that 
kept me in the relationship for so long because Dylan is an amazing human. And then it's like, oh, actually, there's these things that don't align and I'm starting to learn more about or own more who I am and what I want. And sometimes that process is quicker and sometimes that process is slower. But mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm that's your quick. question for us today. That's isn't the question, it? yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Wait, but I want to like zoom in on what Marie Michelle said because I think it's so crucial because when people think about matchmaking, they're like, how many marriages? How many people under the chuppah? And while that's important and while that is the goal, I get that serious, happy, healthy relationships in which you grow are also part of that goal. We cannot control as matchmakers the outcome of every relationship. We have nothing to do with that. We can only put people together in these ways that will make them hopefully be successful, right? So I I love to see a couple like you guys who look back and say like, that was an experience for me that I value and I hold. And just to like brag on Rory for a second, she and Dellen took me out to lunch after their very like beautiful and and harmonious breakup. And we're like, let's let's talk about this experience and like, thank you. Wow. And it's the most wonderful thing that's ever happened to me. Has I tell the story. Has ever happened before? Never. No <laughs> one does normal. that. Oh, that is such it's incredible. Can we have a breakup lunch and say thanks for putting us together? It, it didn't work, so but you're lovely. Awesome. <laughs> well, because Tribe 12 has this little line. Because, you know, when the more typical matchmaker, you, like, pay the matchmaker if you get married, right? right? So Tribe 12 has a line somewhere that says, like, if we introduce you to somebody awesome, make a donation. Right. You know, or, like, I was like, well, you did introduce us to somebody <laughs> awesome. Like, we had a great time, you know? So it says everything about you and Dellen as people, that you were, like, willing to look at it with that lens. Hmm. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, and I'll say that I think it also made me more ready for the next relationship in my life, and that is something that I'm really grateful for, for, for Dellen's love and friendship and that, like, nurtured me and now I'm I'm ready for something that is aligned you so, know? Now, so now you're yeah. in a relationship is there a question or anything that's yeah. brewing <laughs> that uh, you yeah. want to run by the yentas I've been thinking a lot about the timing and pacing of things okay I love dating I know that everybody comes to you and is like <laughs> I hate I, I I'm an extrovert I love meeting people like for tribe 12 last summer I did the like what do they call it? The um, the engager who like t- takes everybody for coffee. Yeah. And, like I love connecting people with you know. So like, and I'm I like being very open. Like I'm very on board with the like I'm just sitting across from an awesome human and like some a friend just to be made you know. And like I'm gonna open my heart and be authentic and appropriate you know. And like Great. I'm there's a lot of work and backstory that's gotten me to that place. But you know that like I I I love dating. Um, and I you know I've I now having had this experience of a, a loving partnership feel more like oh yeah I, I've always thought about my pers- myself as the person who wants to get married and have a family and all that and like but it there's there's fear there because there's intimacy there and there's commitment there and there's depth and like it's easier to stay on the surface and it's easier to just like I could go on first and second dates with people for you know like, yeah because oh, okay. it doesn't bother you because you love dating that I was just gonna say red flag Oh, yeah, it's a giant red flag. It's a giant red flag. Yeah. About me. Because it's going to be hard to get you to commit because you're going to have to stop meeting new people for dating. You can do it it for friendships, though. All it takes is a pandemic. (laughs) No. That's what what locks Rory down in a relationship. No, but I still think you you need to still meet people. Yeah, no, because it didn't because then it wasn't the right thing for the long term. It was the right thing for that time, and I'm so grateful for it. But for the long term, it wasn't what I wanted moving forward. Mm. It wasn't the aligned thing. So Elise is absolutely right. I know it's a big red flag about me, and I'm working through this. (laughs) Same page. Same page. Totally same page. That's why I'm talking very freely about it. And, like, you know, and I've shared – so I I have been dating somebody consistently, and I've been also – okay, so I I can't – 
You got a question. It's bubbling up. It's I so can, bubbling. I can feel it. I'm trying it. to give that. Yeah, I'm trying to give the context. So like I. It's okay. You can just yeah take the. Yeah, yeah. See, it, see the the, the real, authentic, like yeah, vulnerability is the, is the is the tongue tied. Yes. Yeah. So I I had been going out on dates, and I expected the process to be like what you all talk about, like go have the chutzpah, ask people to set you up. I posted very public on Facebook Facebook recently that I was like ready to meet you know a life partner and raise a Jewish family, and who can and who can, you know, play matchmaker with me. And people sent me, like, amazing suggestions that have been really sweet. And um, so I just kind of expected this, like, long process of, like, dating and getting to know people. And then meanwhile, the universe was like, here's this person that's already in your life because you're doing something that you love. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I met somebody very organically. And we were friends. And we started out. My favorite kind of match, the friendship match. Yes. The friendship match. And love and we'd it. only known each other for two months in this activity that we were doing together. And, and then I was like, oh, wait, you live in my neighborhood? I've been looking for a running buddy. Like, do you want to be a running buddy? And in a, we were carpooling to the event already, you know? And, like, so... Okay, this is a story, and I know he likes the story, so I'll tell it on the air. But my like tip, so I I, I didn't really know. Should I go into the the come on? Okay. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> I've almost set yeah, up for snuggled up for my story like, here. Cute, or I guess something different. Anyway, um, so uh, we were carpooling to the event, and I was I was scoping out a place to potentially live in West Philly, and the event that we were doing together was also in West Philly, but we were carpooling. We both live in like the East Kensington, Port Richmond area. And so um, I I knew that there was something happening in me when I was already in West Philly. And for any other person, I would have been like, oh, I'm already in West Philly. Don't worry, I'll meet you there. And I like drove back to East Kensington Aww. so that I wouldn't miss the my ride. carpool oh. with Greg There's to- the moment. There's to the, the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, and then that night he revealed his feelings for me, and I was oh. like, you know, I I um, I shared them, but like, let me think about this because I'm really looking for a line partnership, and I want to be really thoughtful about it. And, and like, I really I, like dating, so I, I don't know if I can stick to just you because I really like. Well, no, dating. that was the easy part because it was just it was exploring something. So mm-hmm. I came back to him a week later, and we went for our run, and I surprised him at the end and be like, "Yeah, I'm I'm cool," and I shared like things that were important to me, and he was like, "Cool, on board," you know with those things and um so it started off with, like a lot of honesty and and trust I think which is really cool but um but yeah but then but then I was like but I just asked everybody for these dates and mm. they've been and I've been going but it's been harder and harder to because I don't feel like I'm as open because I'm really excited about this person and so knowing that it's a red flag about myself and having a lot of support and knowing and having done all the work you know that it's like for me like a like the green flag version of me would commit and would cut off options uh-huh. and stuff like that. And so. So just the, the yeah. recap is you're dating him, yeah. you're enjoying dating him, but you Phenomenally. didn't decide to be exclusive yet. So you're still going on other dates, but it's getting harder and harder to keep going on those other dates. Yeah, that's where I was like in the last week. Mm-hmm. And then like noticing that that was happening. And the other thing is that I take a while to. To catch up to myself and make decisions. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see that that was happening. And um, and so I, I like, knew that I eventually wanted to get – like, I was starting to say things to friends. Like, we're not exclusive yet. Like, mm-hmm. somebody asked at the at mm. the launch night, like, it was your sister. It was Jess. She was like, <laughs> is that your boyfriend? He's so, so sister. sweet. And I was like, basically, yes. You know, and then I had a phone call with him on Thursday, and I was like – 
oh yeah because we had been using this terms of like we're exploring we're exploring and then I was like oh I'm so happy to be with somebody who oh oh you know and I was like <laughs> I should just like call this it. but just I call it what a it lot is. of fear came up because you know, of the yeah. intimacy and commitment you know but there's also like a deep sense of calm and there's also excitement but there's also terrified you know it's like I've yeah. been going through this kind of roller coaster since saying like okay I'm ready like I'll we'll be exclusive we can do the thing you can even use the terms boyfriend girlfriend you know and like mm-hmm. it actually feels sweet in a way that it hasn't to me in the past but mm-hmm. um I have two questions yeah. Rory number one do you think the universe makes mistakes no number two do you already know your answer yes <laughs> done <laughs> okay and this, and this episode is over <laughs> Yeah. I'm just okay. hearing you talk, and I just I feel like you already know. I do, but my question <laughs> that I wanted to ask was, you know, if like when do you know to stop going on dates and start to say, you know, and it could also have been that I was like, okay, I'm not gonna go on other dates. I'm just gonna let this go for a while before saying like, okay, we're like official exclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, like how do you navigate that? When do you these know? mile markers? Yeah, yeah, these sort of like because it's also like the early, the early and middle stages. Like they're fun. It's fine. Like it. it each stage has its own sweetness to it. And I don't want to rush yep. through it, you know? Yeah, I probably have a different answer than most people. But my preference is that we date one person. We focus on one person, even if you're not exclusive, right? But right. but I'm already dating, so let me put my effort into you. Because at the end of the day, I don't know if I'm comparing this guy with this guy. Or am I really comparing this guy with me and this guy with me, independent of each other, right? One might be better for me than the other, but both might be wrong. Right. So it's hard to do that when you're dating multiple people. But when I'm just dating you, if you're wrong for me, I'm going to have clarity about that much sooner because I'm not hyper focusing on anything else and I'm not distracted. I mean, because I am hyper focusing and I'm not distracted by anyone or anything else. So by me, like I would have had you just dating him from the get go and be Mm. like, why are we dating all these other people? Like you're afraid of commitment. So fine. So in two weeks when you don't want to date him, you'll dump him and start dating somebody new. Like to me, there's not. The commitment is only, I'm just choosing to be with you in this moment. When I wake up tomorrow, if I choose that again, then we'll still be together again. And if when I wake up the next day, if I choose you again, then I'll then I'll choose you again and we'll still be together. But if not, I'll move on and that's okay too. And for me, it allows true clarity. But I hear the fear that's there and I want to acknowledge that, that it's very difficult to say, I'm going to pick you and say no to the rest of the world. And I'm going to go put my whole dating life on pause mm. for you and you are worth it. Well, I also grew up listening to my grandma talk about her dating life. And, like, back then, like, it was a different way of dating. Like, they all went on different dates. And then it's like, okay, you go from, like, dating different people. And then it's, like, going steady. And then, going I don't know, it's like, in that musical, like, did you hear he got pinned? You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like there's, like, there's like more of, like, and I, I started to say this before. Like, I'm involved with the community farm. And I think about the seedlings that we plant, right? Mm. And so you plant a bunch of seeds. And you let them all grow. Yeah, you're dating lots of people. And, and then they start to grow a little bit. And then you got to weed them out. you got to thin them out because mm-hmm. they, you don't want the nutrients to compete with each other, right? And so that's kind of what I hear you saying, Aliza, yeah. is like, put all your nutrients into this one plant. But I'm saying, I want to know that it took before I put my nutrients into, right. you know? And so there's a fear that, like, did I pull out the other things before this thing, like, but it took. You drove back. You drove all the way back just yeah. to let him drive you. Like, yeah. 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 It's kind of actions speak louder than words and thoughts. Michal, what do you think? This is a big matchmaker blind spot for me, so I'm just listening carefully with you, I just, Michelle. I don't think it sounds like an ethical non-monogamy question. I just, I'm just hearing your your fears, and I think it's important to work from a place of of love when you make these decisions and not just respond to your fears. 
Yeah, because the fear part wants to be like, let's undo, press pause, and then like in three weeks we can come recycle, you know, come back to this. Yeah, you know? yeah so but much and my point is, but in three weeks you can also dump them and move on. Not that you will. I'm just saying, this you the same fear that's coming up, we can respond to it differently and go. If it doesn't work, we will end it. I'm strong enough to do that. Mm. I'm smart enough to do that. And if it does work, we'll have given it a real shot. And it needs the time. It needs the nutri- nutrients. It needs all the sunlight and water that it can so that it can grow, and especially in the beginning. Because mm. you're talking about weeding things out. Most seeds don't even be- grow. It doesn't. Nothing happens. It just dies under the ground. The fact that this actually grew that you desired to drive back, that you should see him and he should, you should have more time, that's really something. Mm. And I think that should be acknowledged and in your life rewarded for what it is. It's something that needs to be given time to grow even more. Yeah, I liked your advice. Sounds like the seedlings of a blessing to me. Oh, a blessing. our ending blessing. (laughs) Okay, Rory, Michelle, may you and your newfound dating partner build a lovely connection. May the two of you gain clarity over the next couple of weeks and months. And in the right time, may you make the right decision to move ahead, no matter what that is. May you have clarity to move ahead in the right direction. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for again to Ng with us today. Join us for coffee next week. You can find us on Instagram at Elizabeth Shalom, at Michal Matches, or at Danielle Selber. If you want to submit your question, slide into our DMs. <laughs> <laughs>